0: What up, pimps? What's up, everyone? How we doing? Happy Saturday. Saturday, August 12th. Can you believe it? Back with another one. To all those who said I'd give up after not getting any views on the first 60, while I'm still here. Kicking. Kicking like a Brazilian goalkeeper. All right, got the stupid intro out the way. Hey everybody, hope everybody is doing very, very well. Happy weekend. We got a fun one packed in today. I'm wearing a brand new shirt again. Obviously this is becoming a bit of a recurrent theme for me and it feels so good to be back. Now, if you wouldn't excuse me, I'm having a bit of coffee and it is, what time is it? 6:20. So we all know what that means. Okay. If I'm drinking coffee and it's nighttime, there's a reason I have my phone, by the way, if I'm drinking coffee and it's nighttime, it means that I'm at a party, bro. I'm going to party the whole night through. We should do a 12 hour live stream. Just me and my cats and um, the three or four of you listening. If that, anyway, It's very, very good to be here. We've got a full show packed, a ton of stuff, a ton of history, a ton of news. Why don't we just get cracking straight into it? Okay, so a lot of things has happened over the last couple of days and something that I have specifically done some research on that I really wanted to discuss and bring up. So who of you know about the mystery that is Lil Tay. Obviously with me saying that, you'll be like, oh, he's gonna talk about this, is he? 100%. I was genuinely blown away when this came out. Okay, so there's gonna be a few people in here that don't know who Lil Tay is. And if so, I'm gonna give you guys the deets. I've had like nine drinks since I started. (laughs) I'm really sorry. So for those who don't know who Lil Tay is, she is an influencer of sorts, or a media personality, internet personality, if I can put it that way. Lil Tay became famous when she was nine years old. She had been posting content on things like Instagram and YouTube, and a YouTuber by the name of Ricegum found her page. I don't know why anybody watches that guy, by the way. Anyway. So she was known for doing a whole bunch of exuberant stuff, okay, flashing her cash. Ricegum sees this video of her going, This my money, you don't got none of that, I'm stacking, you ain't doing shit. Nine-year-old girl, right? And he does a bit of a react video to her. And as you would expect, Ricegum at that stage had like 10 million, no, more than that. When was this, 2018? So Ricegum was by no means the king of the platform at all all anymore. He was big in like the Jake Paul era as well. Actually it might've been 2018. I don't know, dude, geez, get off my tits. So he posts some stuff about her and this obviously allows her to go a little bit viral. Fantastic, Lil Tay, that's exciting. You going viral. And she kind of built off of the success, right? So she started posting photos on her Instagram of her in these expensive cars and throwing around cash and dollar-dollar bills, y'all. And she really exploded, okay? She opened up an Instagram account, and within two weeks, she gets 1.2 million followers, okay? That's a lot. To have anything even close to a million it's tons and she got 1.2 of them hell yeah little Tay get that bread girl Joe Rogan he was even talking about her he was talking about her on his thing because she became this sort of cultural phenomenon a little bit I didn't pay too much attention to her just because I, I don't know maybe I was too late but uh, you know I, I never get impressed by anybody just showing off how much money they have it's so stupid when people want to watch those... You know you know what the worst show is that I've ever seen? The worst was The Real Housewives of Dubai or Living Rich in Dubai or just something bullshit about rich people in Dubai. The premise of the show is as follows. Hey, here's 10 people. These people are richer than you will ever be in your entire life. They afford luxuries that you can only dream about. They've decided that they want to be documented and put on the tele. Would you like to watch it? Would you like to see them live an amazing life that you'll never be able to experience yourself? Would you like to see them waste money on shit when you can barely afford rent? You do? Well, I've got a show for you. It's awful. Everything is so staged, and it's just this... Arrogant sense of opulence that just comes out of thin air and it's these rich self-made people taking helicopters to business meetings Piss off. I never get impressed by that stuff and I can't stand it when people watch that shit It's the same reason I watch keeping up with the Kardashians I mean, it's probably more avenues towards why that's stupid, but just Sucking people's dick because they're rich. Fuck that Anyway, back to my story about a nine-year-old girl so I didn't really know about her and the thing is she fell off really quickly too and I'm gonna explain why she fell off so she became this big character she used to go on interviews saying that she had like 10 cars she really bought into the social media side of things which was good right she started I would imagine getting some sort of like sponsorships or ad deals or something there's money in virality as you could imagine and in the end it all sort of became exposed she was doing the sort of collaborations with other youtubers and then they slowly started alluding to the fact that it was her brother who in the end was forcing her to be this character there was like videos released of her being filmed and then the camera accidentally switches over and it's a shot of her brother whatever it might be people started realizing oh okay cool it's the brother he's the one who's Forcing this character, right? Kind of like Liver King. I actually want to do a video on Liver King. I wonder what happened to him. Don't take my ideas, other more successful, better YouTubers. I'm not, I don't consider myself a YouTuber, by the way. You cringe. Anyway, so people started going, Oh, it's her brother. It's her brother. That's where all of this is coming from. That makes more sense. And She defended it. She was like, "No, it's not my brother. It's me. I'm making the decision to do all this sort of stuff." And then people like, "Okay, well, you know, maybe maybe it is real. Maybe this little girl who is now nine, that used to complain about living in Atlanta, Georgia, when she was six, but broke, but now she's a millionaire. Maybe this is true." I would assume the internet, you know, was just a little bit of a different place back then, okay. And it was even worse before then. I remember in 2008, I. And this is going to sound so stupid. I landed on one of those websites. Have I told this story? I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell it again. But I landed on one of those websites that said, you are our one millionth visitor. and I was like, whoa, bro, you win a prize. Clicked on it and it was for something like 839 pounds. It was like, no way. Called in my mom. We filled in all the documentation. I couldn't wait for the money. I started doing research as to how to convert it, what the cost is going to be, how much I'm going to get. Anyway, what was I saying? Okay. So in the end, this came out. It came out that the mom was the one who orchestrated her whole career. Her mom was a real estate agent and it was her and the son that were using these tools to craft this image of this nine-year-old millionaire, which I think is actually kind of smart. I have to give it to them. But the mom's a real estate agent, so she they, they were using her listings and cars of her boss to go, look at my whip, this is my whip, wah, wah. And as soon as that came out, there was proof, screenshots. Ugh, I'm saying the word screenshots because I really don't know what proof there was. I watched a video about this a little while ago. And as soon as that came out, that it was false and that her entire narrative was just bullshit, then people fell away and people were like, whatever, why would I be interested in this now? You know, nobody wants to be able to see through that smoke screen. People want to believe like aliens, right? And then in the end, she fell off of relevancy very quick. Which is sad because, you know, she seemed like a really cool person. Oh, how do I know? She was nine. <laughs> okay, I don't know. It's still sad, right? It's still sad because when you're that age, it seems like most of your decisions is not made by yourself. So you shouldn't have to, you know, have some fun and, you know, do some cool things. And then I don't even think I'm making sense. I don't know why I'm sad for it, but I'm sad for her. So after that, there was a huge legal battle with her dad. OK, came out that her and her mama divorced, her dad and her mom divorced. And the dad is a lawyer. And then people started posting abuse allegations that the dad was mentally and physically abusing uh, Lil Tay. Lil Tay. In the end, it was all speculation. Uh, there was a couple of he said, she said moments in court, but nothing crazy happened. And that was that was it. I right, know. It was like, okay. Bye, Lil Tay. Thanks for everything. It's been sick. And on Monday morning, I woke up and TMZ had reported that Lil Tay, the viral influencer, has died at age 14. And for some reason, I remember looking at this and just being blown away. I thought... Lil Tay, she was a child. She was 14 years old and she's passed on. Like, that's really sad. you know. And then I thought about maybe she'd committed suicide. You know, I thought, what could it have been? And generally speaking, I thought it was a really, really a sad thing. I honestly don't even know how to explain it, but it was, it was really shitty. And I was like, man, this poor girl, it seems like she was just used by her parents for fame. You know, there was a lot of behind the scenes videos and photos that had come out over the last four years about how miserable she was and how she didn't really want to do it. And she was forced into it. And I felt really bad for her. I really, really did. I thought, those parents are assholes. Completely neglected that poor girl. So the statement that came out read as follows. It's with a heavy heart that we share the devastating news of our beloved Claire's sudden and tragic passing. We have no words to express the unbearable loss and indescribable pain. This outcome was entirely unexpected, and has left us all in shock. Her brother's passing adds an even more unimaginable depth to our grief. During this time of immense sorrow, we kindly ask for privacy as we grieve this overwhelming loss, as the circumstances surrounding Claire and her brother's passing are still under investigation. Claire will forever remain in our hearts, her absence leaving an irreplaceable void That will be felt by all who knew and loved her. And I woke up and I read this and I just thought, Dude, this poor, this poor girl. That sucks, you know? And it just put like a bit of a spotlight on what it's like to, you know, try and be famous nowadays and have shitty parents and, you know, parents desperate to make their kids famous. And uh, then I forgot about it an hour later. Anyway, so very suspiciously, about a day later, a post pops up on somebody's Instagram page who claims to be her brother. Now, at this time, there had been no record of their death, okay? People had started calling wherever they live. I think it's in like Vancouver, started calling the police stations or hospitals or whatever it would be wherever you would keep track of deaths. And there was no mention. There was no record. So people thought, that's kind of odd. Okay, but not going to jump to any conclusions. That same day, some stuff started getting posted. Okay, an Instagram account popped up claiming to be Lil Tay's brother, the same one who had orchestrated all the shit, apparently. That said, in all caps, by the way, To be clear, I am not dead. I don't have access anymore to the little Tay Instagram account. My sister and I were winning our case. It was just a couple of days before we got it all back and all her social media and come out about the truth. Sorry, I might have misread that. Whatever. Me and Tay are not dead. We don't got access to the account. Our parents want us gone off the internet, but we will not go away. This is our new account for now. They are spreading misinformation. We are not dead. They're the only one that got access to the account. Do not believe it. Our parents took everything and they abused Tay. Hard. Hot. It's from Borat. All we ask is to share this post to your story and follow this account more updates in a couple of hours. Uh okay. So that was kind of like people are like what the fuck? That is pretty nuts. Maybe this was all just fake, right? But the weird thing was is that management, her management team confirmed to TMZ that she had died. I don't know why but her family has now since come out and made another statement to TMZ going, the account got hacked, she's not dead at all. And then some people are thinking or saying or a lot of people are saying she was never dead. well obviously. Uh, this was th- there was no hack. this was no foul play. this was just another marketing stunt by Lil take because something's going to happen. And to be fair, it worked. you know the internet kind of... Jumped on this story, rightfully so. I even thought, man, this is crazy. I'm talking about it right now. I've been talking about it for the last 15 minutes. So good on you, Lil Tay. You know, if it was a. Uh, I've always thought that faking your own death. Bro, that shit is like untapped potential to see how people would behave. It's untapped potential. In terms of going famous, if that's your absolute desperate last goal. So, anyways, that was pretty interesting, and that's it. By the way, so nothing else has happened with Lil Tay. We'll see if any further news pops up. But as it is right now, thank the good Lord above that she's okay. Every now and then, I think to myself, I can't believe that person's dead. The world would be so much better would would just be a, a much better place if they were still here right? Obviously family members and things. But when it comes to celebrities, somebody like Mac Miller, cool as hell. Ryan Dunn from Jackass, you know, 10 out of 10, that guy. I always wonder what would life have still been like if people like that. And I'm not somebody who gets obsessed with dead celebrities, right? You know, I didn't cry when Chester Bennington passed away. But, you know, to take somebody out of the world who you know, just deserves to to grow old comfortably, you know, like murderers and shit like that, fuck them. But somebody who, you know, is just a, a normal, nice human being that brings joy to some, you know, I don't think they should be dead. Anyway, talking about the topic of death, I saw this today. I didn't see the actual video. But get this. This happened in Bosnia. You ever been to Bosnia? I take you to Bosnia. But I warn you. You come to Bosnia, you mistreat Bosnia, I fuck you up. In Bosnia, we don't play around. I fuck you up. I'm joking. I don't uh, know what the Bosnian accent is. And I don't know if that is... uh, I don't even know where it is on a map. So, please, Bosnian fans, don't worry about it, bro. I'll come and see you all. This did happen. This happened uh, August 12th today. The story was posted about two hours ago. A bodybuilder in Bosnia executed his own wife on Instagram. Well, while live streaming on Instagram. And it's nuts, right? So basically what had happened was they were going through a bit of a divorce the gentleman's name. Oh, let's actually see if I can pronounce it. Yeah, the murder took place in the Bosnian town of Gradakak on Friday. Which is weird because normally Gradakak is known for being quite a peaceful, nice town, right? So he's a bodybuilder. His name is Nerman Suleymanovic. Suleymanovic. I actually think I got it pretty good. He's jacked. He's enormous. Dude's huge as hell. Looks like him and his wife were going through a divorce. And he started live streaming, right? And he said, look, when you're dealing with a whore who reports you to the police. In the clip, the woman was shown disfigured and bloodied from a beating sitting on a chair while a child cried in the background oh that's so sad man that's honestly so fucked. this poor woman because the thing is this guy is huge right he's absolutely enormous and his wife just looks like you know a normal sized lady it would be very very easy for him to cause an incredible amount of damage to her physically if he attacked her and it seems that that's exactly what he did And I can't imagine how scared that poor woman must have been. Right? Gosh, damn! I'm just looking at photos of him. Dude's too jacked. Honestly. Go bald. Jacked as hell. Anyway, so... He's streaming after he's, like, beaten his wife. And then he goes up to her with a pistol and... Baboom, babooms her, and nagging. So that sucks, Dick. That is really, really sad. Um, I actually did try and find the video. I normally have a bit of a morbid curiosity with those sort of things, but just because I think that it makes me more grateful to be alive when I see how fragile the human body is. When I was a kid, I have seen a bunch of those sort of videos. Oh, where did I see my first one? I don't even know. But I've seen like the typical ISIS stuff. And I actually had a friend by the name of Dylan who I showed. <laughs> he came to my house because I was in, we were in university together and he came to my house because we we're going to work on a project. And it was myself, Dylan and a guy called George. George is the man who designed this. Bless you, bro. And I go, Dylan, I want to show you this. And he goes, what, what? And I pull up, an ISIS beheading video. Now, if you've ever seen some of the recent ISIS, ISIS beheading videos, bro, they don't film that shit on, like, iPhone 4s, right? They have an enormously high production budget. I kid you not. They film with cinema-quality cameras, and I'm not saying that to be funny, but ISIS uses those videos as major major intimidation tools. So what do they do? They film with the most expensive cameras they can get their hands on. This is true. Go watch one of their videos. (laughs) Like a 2022 one. ISIS beheading, gone wrong, gone sexual! (laughs) Ah, Ethan. And I showed it to him, and it's the first time he'd ever seen anything like that. And he watches it, and he's like... Bro, uh, why are you showing me this? But he can't look away. And then it finishes. It was only about two minutes long. And I still remember it. It was just these guys that were taken into like a butchery. And they were thrown down on this metal grate. And the camera was like on them here. Oh, Throat slit. And he watches the shit. And he goes, Uh!" And then... He goes quiet. He goes quiet for like 40 seconds. And he's just sat there. And I'm like, Dylan, what's wrong, bro? And he's like, I can't believe that I just saw this. And I was like, you'll be fine, bro. Don't worry about it. George was completely undeterred. Completely undeterred. And for the next few hours that Dylan was there, probably the next like half an hour, he, just, he couldn't think straight. He just kept on going back to it. Anyway, so those videos are terrible to see. Don't look at those sorts of things, right? I can because I'm an adult, but it's never, honestly, I, I do think that it just helps you understand how precious life is, if I'm being honest. not It's not all love and rainbows. Th- something can happen to me right now, really, okay? So appreciate your health, appreciate your life. God, what a boring way to end it, huh? Dr. Phil. Rest in peace to his wife. What a dick. Bro, if you got YouTube in your Bosnian jail, fuck you. <laughs> Alrighty, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the worst jobs I ever had. I don't know why. I just thought it would be fun, right? I've had a bunch of different things that I've done. I've worked since I was on and off since I was about 10 okay, which is like medieval times of working, right? It's like industrial revolution, middle Age France level of working, you know? Where kid's a, a, a chimney sweeper. But I always wanted to just do, pay my own way, do my own things, get my own cash. And the very first job I ever had was working as a magician's assistant. Not a joke, that's absolutely true. I was a magician's assistant. I worked there for one day and I got fired for taking too many breaks. I did take a lot of breaks now that I think about it. Still, whatever, bro. I was ten. What'd you expect? Basically you'd stand in a mall and you'd help the guy sell like the stupid boxes of magic. Right? And it was things like a a, a pack of cards that was cut funny or You'd be able to make a matchbox talk because it was attached to like a little piece of string. Just stupid shit like that. I cannot believe my mom allowed me to do that at such a young age. What a garbage, garbage job that was. Then I worked as a grocery store guy. So I used to just, you know, do the ticky, play the piano. And it was one of the worst jobs I've ever had in my entire life. It sucked dick. Fuck, I hated that job. It was just insane hours. So I was 16. And my mom said, oh, go get a job for the Christmas holidays. I'm going on vacation, but you'll stay here and you'll work. And I was like, okay. Bloody hell, bro. I couldn't have just taken that holiday and just relaxed. Now that I think about it. Anyway... And the money was awful. I made like $10 a day. Ugh. So vile. Eight in the morning, sorry, 7.30 in the morning until eight in the evening. I worked Christmas Day for fuck's sakes. I swear to you, it was Christmas break. I worked Christmas Day. And that was just so shit because I would see the scum of the earth come in. I had one guy that wanted to beat me up. This is true, right? I was 16 years old. And this dude, uh, this guy had come in before, but I hadn't really thought about him too much. And he was with a girl. And this girl was easily like 24, 25, something like that. Eventually, after about a week of working there, this girl comes in with one of her friends, a female friend. And they're paying for like some cigarettes or something. And I'm just beeping him up. And the girl goes, Hey, how old are you? And I go, I'm 16. Why? And they laugh and they go, yeah, hey, no reason. And they go. As if I would give that any more thought. Right? The next day, this dude comes in. Okay. Now he's about this much taller than I am. Alright. I'm six foot three, so this guy was six foot whatever. And he's fucking firstly pretty jacked. And lastly. He was in his 30s. No jokes, he was a 30-year-old laborer with these big forearms and shit. And he comes in and he comes up to me and he goes, You, you better watch your fucking self. And I'm like, sorry, what do you mean? And he goes, shut up. You better fucking watch yourself, but. I'll fuck you up. You hear me? You talk to my girlfriend again and you flirt with her. I'll murder you. Murder means Hit. And I was terrified. I even said to him, I tried to just talk to him. I went, listen, I'm really sorry if I might've done something to upset you, but I generally don't understand why you're upset with me. And he goes, you better watch your fucking self. And then he buys some cigarettes from the guy next to me and leaves. And I was terrified, absolutely terrified. The dude next to me, he had been working there for like two or three years. He was probably in his like late 20s dude doesn't even stand up for me he doesn't even go hey man just leave him alone he's a kid he just fucking stands but i remember looking at him and he was just like busy putting money into the till didn't even look you coward i don't even know your name you prick You're probably still working there should have stood up man if i was ever in that situation and a 16 year old kids being yelled at 16 year old skinny ass kids being yelled at by a 30 year old I go, hey bro, relax. Why are you yelling at this poor kid? He's been working here for a week. He hasn't done anything. What are you thinking he's, he's done? You thinking he's stolen something from me? What is it? Sorry. Just feel like that had to come out. God, I'm gonna call that place. I'm trying to speak to him. Dickhead. Anyway, I did that for a bit. Did that for like a month and I hated it. Worst job I ever had, it was shitty. The people I used to talk to sucked. Everybody was poor. Not that being poor is a problem, but people would come in and they'd fight with you over ten cents. You know, there'd be something listed for ten for like a dollar forty, and then they'd come and they'd beep it and be a dollar thirty eight. I'm exchanging now because it was South African rands, and they would make me call the boss to be like no i'm not paying this that's what it says on the thing whatever it was and people would come in and they would have no money they'd have no money i saw old ladies come in and every time i'd see them before then they'd come and they'd buy like one roll of toilet paper you know or like two bananas for her and her husband and she'd be like, oh, it's our treat for the, for the next two days. We're going to have a bit of the banana. And they came in the once. There was this huge mega jackpot in the lottery, 150 million rand. It was like the biggest one they'd ever had, like in years or something. And this woman came and she had the equivalent of like $400. She comes to me and she goes, I want to get some lottery tickets. We've been saving this up for months. But we have a really good feeling lo and behold i give the woman her tickets a stack like this she comes back two days later i beep them for her nothing oh the sadness the sadness i experienced while working at that damn place okay piss off uber Eats. I worked at Apple as well. I was an Apple sales guy. That was just annoying. The job itself wasn't that bad. It was just being a sales guy, you know? People come in and they want to buy something. And you'd you'd help them pick out like an iPhone and stuff. It was at a Apple store in South Africa that had gotten robbed three months prior. Violently robbed. Like violently. And it was at the tail end of a big spate of Apple store robberies. They're called iStores. And I was working at a branch called Cresta. And that store had gotten robbed about two months before I started or two months before I put in my application. I had like two weeks of training. So say three months and I didn't know, right? I really had no idea. I just, I wanted a job and I thought, oh, that seems pretty cool. You know, it seems quite premium. And then I started reading about it and I was like, no wonder they took me so easily very short staffed it was so terrifying when i was working there the first time it had gotten robbed this guy had come up to one of the staff members and gone hey uh i'm i'm looking to buy some iphones for my work but i need a lot you know do you guys have lots in stock and she goes how many are you looking for and he goes hundreds and she goes oh okay and he goes, yeah, I wanna buy more cash, right? He goes, okay. Uh, and he goes, can you go check how many you have? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I mean, you wouldn't be that suspicious. Well, I guess now you would be. But she goes back and she checks and <laughs> she comes to him and she's like, yeah, we've got tons. And he goes, cool, I'll be back tomorrow. That afternoon. The guy comes in, he goes straight back to that girl. He pulls out a gun and he goes, where's your manager? And she goes, he's over there. And he points towards his buddies. It's like four or five of them. And they go, they grab the manager. And they go and, I, and they go, lock the, lock the doors, bro. Lock the doors. The guy's like, okay. They lock the doors. They get everybody out. Okay. And they get all the staff members towards a little storage area where they keep the iPhones and stuff, right? People always wonder, where do they do it? They've got a big safe. And they get all the staff members in there. And one of the guys looks up. They get them down on their knees and stuff. And one of the guys looks up. And the dude just hits him. Bah! Oh, hit me! And then he goes, don't get up, don't get up. Don't Don't look me in my eyes. And they were very violent with everybody, like throwing them around and stuff. Two people got hit in the face with the butt end of a gun. Scary, scary stuff. Why am I talking so negatively today? Sorry. Anyway, so I worked there. Nothing happened. Thank the good Lord above. I was totally fine. We never had any sort of issues. The worst thing I ever had was just like, there was this homeless guy that used to come in and he was just in love with me. All this dude could think about was making me his husband, 100%. He was, he used to come in all the time. He was like 60, yeah, long, dirty hair, shitty clothes, ugh. And I will never discriminate against a homeless person, ever. You know, poor people. Not poor people as in they are poor people, but I'm like, no, poor guy. I'm very poor guy. So I was always nice to him. And the first time I was nice to him, You know, we spoke for maybe 20 seconds, like he was over there and I was here. And and I was like, can I help you with anything, sir? Knowing that I'm not going to make a sale, you know, we don't sell toothpicks or bubble gum or rum. And he's like, no, thank you. And he's just looking at stuff and like, okay, eventually he leaves. And he comes back the next day and he comes straight up to me, straight up to my face, boom. And he starts talking to me just about shit, right? Just about like his family and the stuff he's doing. And he was telling me about how rich he is and how he has a business in Dubai and he makes millions and things like that. And he's talking to me. And the only thing I can focus on is this dude's fucking breath. Imagine somebody drinks nothing but straight fucking whiskey for six months and doesn't brush their teeth it's exactly what it was i was talking to him and i was like oh oh now thinking back i would have now probably said like i'm sorry so i really have to do some work if there's anything i can do to help you please let me know but i really have to give back to some other customers because he was just talking and babbling shit but that breath bro oh it stayed in my clothes for days days then he comes in, right? The once, and he comes in and he's like, hey, I just got a big payout. I just got a lot of money. And I was like, yeah, okay. And he takes, he's got this like bag on wheels. Shitty old bag on wheels. He's pulling. He takes out a piece of paper that just had an amount typed out on it. Nothing else. It didn't have a header or anything like that. It was just... In like this side here's the A4 it was just like there or there just in amount it was like 112 million rand and he goes this is what i'm getting right now and he starts walking around and he goes i want two of these uh two of these and one of these and uh, two of these and i'm like okay yeah yeah sure and he goes get it all ready i'll be back and um i'm obviously not going to get any of the stuff ready cuz he doesn't want shit he's just crazy and eventually, he comes back about 20 minutes, half an hour later, and he grabs my arm and he goes, I want you to come to my house tonight. Help me set all this up. Please, please come to my house tonight. And I go, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Listen, this is making me uncomfortable. And then as soon as I said that, he goes, oh, God, I'm very sorry, I'm very sorry. And he leaves. Never see him again. I think he was hitting on me, bro, which is Nice. You know, if you can pull a hobo, dude, you still got it. But besides that, the the job wasn't that bad. I did do promotions for a bit. And that's how you know your life's not heading in a good direction. If you're doing promotions. Promotions. Hey, Samsung cell phone. Hey, Bacardi Aquafresh. Whatever the shit might be. I didn't like that. That was just driving around to shitty parts of South Africa trying to flog the new entry-level samsung earphones it was awful it was awful you know it wasn't that bad it was just so much begging people used to come up to me all the time and just ask for free phones or ask me for money ask me for cigarettes and i was like bro i'm making like nine dollars an hour you know i don't have money okay i've driven two and a half hours to be here go away so, oh shit, how far are we into this? Blah, I've been blabbing. Fuck me. I might save that for next time then. Okay. I'm almost done. Oh, I don't want everybody to get back to their day. So, I did that for a bit, but that's like, it's not that bad. It's like kids' jobs, right? You know, you do that sort of stuff when you're 18, which is fine. You know, I just, uh, it was, it was shitty money and it wasn't that great. I did work for this wine company once called Valdo, which was so cool. That was cool. I did, I did appreciate that job a lot. They paid well, the hours were good. And my job was effectively just selling Prosecco. Prosecco. I used to stand around at wine shows and just get drunk with like middle-aged people talking about the different wines, even though I knew nothing about it. I just had a, I had a list of the different sort of flavor notes to talk about. And that was it, and I used to pour, pour, we had four. So you'd pour one, two, three, four, and you'd pour yourself one, two, three, four. And then you drink with these people, and they'd buy a box. And then the next people would come by, and you do the same thing. Man, that was fun. And according to the alcohol type of thing, I was a bartender for a bit, like most people have been. I liked that. I don't know if any of you have ever been bartenders, but I liked it. I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Yuck! But b- bartending is cool. I don't know if I should cut that out. <laughs> Sorry if you had to hear that up close. It's fun, right? Because, because I've done two sorts of bartending. I've done festival bartending and I've done club bartending. Okay, festival bartending is when it's like shows, big shows. A lot of so there's there's two things. When you do festival bartending. It's a lot of people, a ton of people. Just nonstop circulation of thousands of individuals at these shows. A lot of it's cash based, so you can be kind of quick with it. The drinks are very simple. You know, they only sell like four different sorts of things, but they do a lot of them because it's all like friends and stuff. That was pretty fun. You know, I got to see some cool bands, I saw Foster the People. I've always wanted to see them. I only saw saw pumped up kicks. I saw them finish with pumped up kicks, but that was fun. But being a club bartender, that shit is the bomb, dude. If you are a club person and you like clubbing, become a club bartender because every night it's like you are clubbing. I think in Australia, it's probably different because you've got much more strict rules when it comes to drinking on site. But in South Africa, dude, people would buy you shots all the time and you take them why not what do what you know it's money for the place what are you gonna do pour them and then go thank you and put it away oh drink that shit i got fired from i got fired from being a, a bartender though at a club after a couple of months still good job i liked it it was really fun now i know i've i've kind of put this down as the the worst jobs i ever had But I want to talk about the best job I ever had, which was working in a doggy daycare. As you can imagine, just the biggest, biggest blessing of work. You come in every day, and there's just 20 dogs. And all of them get along, right? You can't have 20 dogs together unless you slowly ingratiate each one into the rest of the gang to make sure that there's no fighting. So they're all cool. They're all chill. And you've got your favorites and you've got some that are not your favorites, but then that one will be somebody else's favorite. So they all they all get love. And if you're ever having a bad day, let's say you wake up and you don't want to talk to people, you come in, you don't have to. My job was to come in and grab four dogs, put them on leashes and then take them for walks. And you walk around. I was walking around Sydney just around the river, you know, just walking these these cool dogs. It is it is very difficult though, because people always think that, you know, think about walking four dogs. You always think that the, the dogs are just gonna go in a straight line like this, boof. They don't, all right? They cross over each other and the one smells this and the one does that and you have to untangle shit, which is not the worst thing in the world, but I did lose a dog on my first day of working as a dog walker. That sucked. It was an absolute nightmare. I'll tell you guys a story. I need to clean my nose. Disgusting! So, it was my very first day, and my boss comes in, and his name is Jack. Such a cool dude. Very, very cool. He was very patient with me and all the mistakes I made. Uh, even you Because know, the thing is, you, you have a lot of responsibility, okay? As you can imagine, when you take care of somebody's dog there's not a lot that can go wrong, right? It's just like a dog and you, you just chill with them and you feed them, and you take them for a walk. So there's not a lot that can go wrong. But when something does go wrong, that's somebody's dog, okay? And they're paying $50 a day to get them here, to keep them here. They care about that little fucker. And the very first day, the very first day that I start, he goes, okay, cool. Are you ready for your first walk? And he gives me the four leashes. I pop them on. And I pick four medium sized dogs, or four small dogs. And the biggest one of them was a whippet. A whippet. Have you ever seen a whippet? It's like a greyhound. They're quick. And I'm walking the dogs, happy as Larry. And as I mentioned, they get crossed over. So what I do is I grab the four of them and I start trying to untangle the thing. And then as I put my hands through, I let go. And this one is not on my hand and it falls boo, 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 boo. and there she goes her name is daisy never forget them. never forget her and i've got three dogs in my hand and one dog over there so my like, shit. so somebody's walking this way right but they just passed daisy so i walk up to him and i go hey dude can you just hold this i just have to grab that dog and he goes yeah no problem so he takes the three that i have and i go up to daisy And I'm about a meter away from her. And as soon as I leap, she just bolts. And she just runs. And my first instinct is to run after her, obviously. And I am sprinting. I'm sprinting through this huge park in Sydney. This absolutely enormous park in Sydney. It's called like Potts Point Park or something. Is it? No, Rush Cutters that's what it is if you ever want to see how big it is and i am running for daisy and event dude she's quick it's a whippet and everybody is watching this dog nobody stops nobody even tries to intervene they just watch her go people are laughing at me and i'm so embarrassed and i'm just running and eventually it gets to the point where i cannot breathe anymore and i stop and she's still going and I, and I just want to pick myself up to run after I've probably run about a kilometer at this point. And I go, the other dogs. I've still got three dogs back there. This guy doesn't know where I work, who I am. I've just gone up to him and said, can you hold these dogs? And I am freaking out. Like, what do I do? So I run back and I run back to the other guy. I can barely breathe. I feel sick. I'm like, I'm so sorry, dude. Thank <laughs> you. And I run back and I'm like slowly running with Daisy. I'm slowly running with the other three dogs trying to find Daisy, but she's gone. She could have gone anywhere, right? It's a massive park with roads and shit and steps, and it's next to a body of water. And I call my boss and I'm like, Jack, Jack, I'm so sorry, bro, but I've lost Daisy. I've lost Daisy. And bless him, he's like, okay, what do you see? And I was brand new to Sydney, so I'm like, I see some trees. And I'm in, like, the left side of the park. And he goes, Sheldon, I don't know what you're talking about. This is a humongous park, dude. Where are you? What do you see? And eventually I find some street names, whatever it might be, and I'm just walking around. I'm just walking around now for the next hour and a bit, just trying to find her. And I see him, and he's just running around, and eventually I've just lost I've just lost hope. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm gonna have to be the one to tell these people that I lost their beautiful charcoal-colored whippet. And as the good lord above would have it. I'm walking around, I'm, I feel like I'm about to cry, right? I just can't, I'm, I'm going to lose my job. Like this sucks. I waited so long to try and get this job. You know, I was putting it, I was giving them calls every three or four days going, hey, any chance you guys are hiring yet? And they go, no, Sheldon, we'll give you a call. And then he did. And I felt so grateful. And I'm, I'm walking with these dogs. And the next second I turn the street and there's a lady walking a baby and she's got Daisy on the lead. And I got to this woman and I'm like, excuse me, that's not your, is this a dog that you found? Want to make sure, even though I can see it's the same thing, like same lead and same harness. And she goes, yeah, yeah. Uh, She just walked straight up to me, very tired. And I just picked her up, just been walking with her. And turns out Daisy lives in that area. And she had just wanted to go home, poor little thing. And I picked her up. And she was just so tired and so sleepy. And I was just so glad to have her. And I was like, Daisy, please don't ever do that again. Very wholesome ending. I felt very grateful and very lucky that I got away with it in that sense. But all things considered, hands down the best job I ever had. Okay. Which is the reason that I brought this up is I wanted to get to this. Most recently, one of my worst calls, I mean, one of my worst jobs was being a cold caller. Yes, scum of the earth, bullshitty, terrible job, cold caller. And I hated it, right? As you can imagine, I hate it. I worked for digital marketing firms and I had to cold call just business owners and go, hey, do you wanna buy digital marketing? And as you can expect, these business owners are getting four or five of these phone calls every single day, right? And they would some, most of the times it'd be very nice. You know, they'd be like, no, thanks. They wouldn't be very nice. They'd just be normal. Sometimes they'd be really nice. And they'd be like, listen, I get so many of these calls. You sound like a nice guy. Uh, Not interested. Thank you so much. A lot of times they just treat you like you were two scoops of dog shit and they they get really really mad and i was working with this with this guy called gareth and we were doing some training sessions and he makes this phone call and to this day it's one of my favorite calls i've ever heard and i just i really want you guys to hear it you don't need any more context than this hello this is marty hi there marty it's gareth here how are you that's good, man. I thought I'd give you a bit of a courtesy call. I'm just on your website here at the moment. Um, I actually worked Another with uh... the. Number... You're number three today, but my website, everybody <laughs> hates it Okay? Yeah, don't oh. please, don't, please don't embarrass yourself, mate. Come okay? on, number four. So, number three. <laughs> you're number four. Six emails from India. <laughs> Come on, yeah, Come mate. On. I'm Australian. I'm Australian. No, to... no, I don't care. Please, please. You're an embarrassment to yourself doing this. Scully on the You're from India. You're number three today. You're making upgrades, put you on the platform Don't do it to anybody. Please. <laughs> Mate, I'm here to Mate, help. I'm you. upset because you guys piss me off. Mate, I'm here to help. <laughs> no, you're not. I am. For fuck's sake, You're not. I'm go, go away. <laughs> oh gareth that was just i felt very blessed to be able to be a part of that call i had a few more that i wanted to play but we're running out of time and i'm gonna end it there for the day this has been one of the nicest podcasts that i've had the pleasure of doing if you still stuck around leave a comment i don't know do whatever you want just tell me i'm good tell me i'm enough just joking but everybody thank you so much for you know, caring enough to listen to this crap. It's always really nice to be able to just talk to some people. And I'm going to be back next week. Some more stuff. Get in touch anytime if you want to. Oh, I love it. It's cool, this, huh? Oh, yeah. What do you think about the setup? I think I'm going to change it because I'm not into this. This thing's going to fall. So I'm trying to sort this thing all out. I've had like three different setups but with the same idea. So I'm going to, I'm going to do some like proper work get a really nice setup and just leave it like that anyways homies take care of yourself goodbye